it is going to continue to to roast even when it's out of the pan, even when it's off the flame, because it's so hot. The bean itself is so hot. It's got a bunch of energy that, that's still inside of it. You got to get that cooled down fast. Welcome to Top Brew, the show that is best served fresh. This is episode 52. I am Joe Darnell, and joining me today is my co-host, the craft roaster, Mr. Eric Rauch. Morning, Joe. Good morning, Eric. How was your coffee today? Uh, <laughs> it, was, it, it was okay. See, if you haven't caught on by now, I'm always serving Eric a fresh cup of coffee whenever we do a show, and... Today's was a little bit different, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes. Yes, we will. The experience is uh, different for the both of us. Um, you've been doing well? I have, yeah. Any yeah, new roasts going on? Anything exciting? Uh, well, no. no I mean, I Running like clockwork? I think so, yeah. Hopefully. Cool. Hmm. It has been a very interesting week for me. This, this episode is coming out a day late. If you just pay attention to your podcast app when you got the show today and you're looking down at it and you're like... I wonder if I got a bug in my in my phone or wherever it is you listen to podcasts because this is Thursday and I thought Top Brew came out Wednesday. Yeah, I can't I can't wait a day for the new Top Brew episode. No, I'm sorry, we, we've thrown you out of your groove. <laughs> the explanation was I was on jury duty on uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, all day affairs. So, and because Monday was a holiday here in the United States, the courthouse wasn't opened at all, and so that's why they started on Tuesday and they called me in. Your civic duty trumps your podcast duties. It did this time. Wow. I'm not going to let them do it next time. I see time. where your priorities lie. Mm. I, I could have gone with a bow tie and slippers, and I'm sure that they would have been glad to let me go <laughs> when they came time to pick the people for the bench. But no, I, uh, I got selected. Actually, there was they break you up into groups when you are summoned. So there's like six groups, and each one has maybe 10, 20, 12 people no, maybe even more. I'd say the room, the waiting room had about 90 people in it. Really? And yeah. So in they break them up into groups. And, and this, I, is, this is all just for this one case. Yeah. Well, multiple cases because this is a busy county. Okay. We, they have like a, they said like 150,000 different cases brought before this court a year. Wow. Yeah. So we have about, I think it's uh, 12 different judges. Four were doing their job the day that we were there. I don't know what the other judges were doing. Wow. But I was the first person mentioned in the first group of the day. So when they did roll call, it was Joe Darnell before anyone else. And then when they summoned me to a courtroom to see if the lawyers would handpick me, I was the first one to be handpicked as well. And then I was the first that the lawyers requested. Wow. Yeah. You make you feel special? No. <laughs> and the, but the court case, it was actually pretty. You're the perfect juror. Thank you, um, I guess. But the, the case was actually pretty interesting. It's, it's all the summoning. It's, it's making sure you arrive at the courthouse on time. It's finding a parking space. It's the waiting room that I just don't like. But once we actually got to the trial, it was a good experience. Mm. And then the, the deliberation afterwards was very good. But the one thing I can report, y'all, is that... Our county has no taste in coffee. <laughs> at least the uh, at least the government buildings. Yeah. Okay. So it's in downtown Marietta, and it's a beautiful place with lots of great restaurants. And there's a good coffee house, you know, independent coffee house across the street. It's called Cold Beans, and I've drank there many times. I recommend it. 
it's uh, there's also a Starbucks around the corner. I've never tried them, but you know my thoughts about Starbucks. It probably tastes remarkably similar to all the other ones. The coffee in the courthouse was the same old, same old electric drip stuff you see in every office in America. Mm-hmm. And the sa- they gave us the same stuff in the juror's room. So I would walk across the street if I got the occasion to the Good Craft Coffee House. Yeah. And at the end of the whole experience, after I was done with the trial, I'm leaving from the courthouse and I stop by there to get one more cup of coffee. And I'm talking to the baristas and I mentioned how I was a juror and that I, I really didn't care for the coffee at the courthouse. And then they tell me, oh, well, we have a kiosk downstairs in the courthouse building. If, if you go there, we're serving it there. <laughs> and I, 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 nobody told me this. That's amazing. They have but a annoying. kiosk in the basement? They have a, a downstairs, not the basement, like the main floor. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, so you were a floor above it? I was on the top floor. Okay. I was right behind. We, we were at the end of the hall with the clock that, that's on the face of the courthouse building. Okay. You can look right out through the clock into the Marietta Square. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the judge, it was very exciting because after the trial, the judge comes back to us and he's talking to the jury and he was like, that was a really tough case. Y'all, y'all did great. Really? Yeah. Huh. And we asked him, well, what did you think our verdict would be? <laughs> and he's like, I had no idea. Really? (laughs) Yeah. All right. So something to do with coffee now. All right. So we got a listener question from uh, one of our new listeners, John Orensky. And to paraphrase his message, he said, I am an AeroPress and pour over user. Thanks to listening to other podcasters like Marco Arment, David Smith, Merlin Mann, etc. And I'm just going to say this, John, I actually got interested in craft coffee, doing it myself for the same reason, listening to these guys they inspired me to use the AeroPress. Um, so yeah, we got that in common. For a long time, I had a fresh supply of local roasted coffee from Long Island, but it got pretty pricey. I love coffee, but I love fresh coffee. So I want to roast at home with a cheap popcorn popper, but I haven't started yet. Any suggestions? Yeah, we got a couple of suggestions. First of all, Eric, what do you think of the popcorn popper, popcorn popper method? Well, I've, I've never used the electric popcorn pop or the air pop like the ones we had when i when i was a kid you you, you put a bowl underneath it you pour the the popcorn it has uh, a fan and blows them around and then as they as they pop and they get lighter they get they get blown out it's pretty loud it's like a vacuum cleaner yeah yeah which is yeah it's essentially what it is a, a hot blower mm-hmm. I, i've never used that one i've seen many people do it with they say good effects have, um, have you used a, some other kind of popcorn yes, stovetop method? I, I started with a whirly pop. A whirly pop is is something that uh, you know those. Uh, is it the kind that has like a a flat surface, kind of like a pan, and then it has a bar that rotates around, stirring the, the yes. popcorn kernels? Yeah, it's uh, you, you know th- those things like when you go camping, those what they what they call jiffy pop. Mm-hmm. So you, you take the you shake the, it the, over the, the fire. aluminum tray and you keep it over the fire and it starts to pop and it fills the the thing expands right the the thing of foil expands and it splits open and then you have popcorn inside mm-hmm. the whirly pops kind of that, that same idea it, it, it looks like a big saucepan and has and a dome over it it no it's, it's it's got a flat lid on it oh okay but uh it's got it's got a door that, that opens and closes and it's got a like you said a bar in the bottom which you operate with a little handle oh with a little um uh, with a little crank on the end of the handle. My so wife it, got me one of those for Christmas. Yeah. Well, that that's what I used to roast my first coffee. I haven't used um, it yet. So you're sitting there keeping the beans rotating with the with the little crank. The first the first batch I did, I did it in the house and 
when it started to smoke, which it's going to, uh, it filled the house and it, it, it stunk for days. So I immediately learned that, okay, this is something I'm going to do outside on the, on the gas grill. And that's, that's how I started popping popcorn. Yeah, some well, of, that's some the of them st- were okay. Some of them were pretty good. You just said popping popcorn. Did you mean... Yeah, Whirly pop, popcorn popper to roast coffee beans. New tongue twister, y'all. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of crazy. But, but it's, it's really the same basic idea. You know, you're, you're applying heat... As the bean heats up from the outside to the inside, if it gets uh, it gets to the point where the where the inside is developed, it's going to become lighter and 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 it'll blow out. In the case of of the whirly pop, you just you keep checking it, you keep seeing what the what the color looks like. Is it is it starting to smoke? Is it yeah. starting to crack? And then you and then you drop it and uh, get it cooled as fast as you can. Put it in front of a fan, uh, maybe spritz it with a little bit of water. There's just a, a lot of different ways to do it. But that that to me is the is the is the biggest drawback of that is how do you cool it immediately? Yeah, you got to have a colander nearby as soon as you're done with the roasting I, I think that's the only way to go and dump it onto the colander yeah because when you're when you're roasting and and you drop your coffee at a certain point this is where I want it you, you want to cool it immediately and with these with these home roasting methods I, I see that as being one of the uh, the major challenges I guess as to how because you're gonna have to stop it earlier than than you really want it because it is going to continue to to roast even when it's out of the pan even when it's off the flame because it's so hot the bean itself is so hot. It's it's got it's got a bunch of energy that, that's still inside of it. You got to get that cooled down fast. So yeah, it's I mean it's what got me into it. It's it's what got me hooked on on coffee roasting. Mm. But it does have its its challenges and its drawbacks. And that's see, that I didn't makes know it that fun. you started with the whirly pop. Yeah, that's how I started. Now see, I, I think that's a little bit too hands on for me. It's a it's kind of like a manual car. If you don't have a good manual car that makes it it's, that's like nice and loose and got good brakes. It could just be really annoying to drive that manual car if it's really fiddly. And I, I don't know if that's my thing for popping, popping popcorn or roasting coffee. I prefer the concept of an air popper because you just turn the thing on. You look at it every now and then. You don't have to be stirring it with your hands. Right. You don't have to shake the pan. You don't need to lift up the lid. It, it, the air popper is just there. It's doing all the movement for you. There's not much you can do. Yeah. You look down inside. And as long as you've measured the right amount and ounces of beans, it's going to keep enough circulation that all the beans get moved around and they can get evenly roasted. Mm-hmm. If you put too much in there, it's not going to be able to rotate enough. Yeah, you can only really roast really small batches because it's, yeah, it's, it's a not day's that worth big. Maybe. And, and, and the blower's not that strong that if you if you pour half a pound of coffee in there, it's not going to be able to move it. Nope. So um, you're, you're looking at actually like three or four ounces of coffee at a time. Yeah, yeah, something like that. But the reason I liked using the Whirly Pop is because I, I do prefer the manual car method. You know, and I, could you actually roast more at a time than three or four? Yeah, a little bit ounces? more. Yeah, okay. you still you still couldn't. F- I mean, it's not like you could fill the thing or because or you have to make like, sure that the heat can get evenly distributed. Correct. It's not just an, an uh, it's not just an issue of getting the beans evenly stirred. It's also an issue of making sure that the heat is maintained. It's evenly distributed, the, right? Yeah, yeah. I was able to see pretty much every step of the way from from green until where I decided to drop it. Because it's it's you know you're you're manually doing everything. You're not pouring it in, in an electric machine and just letting it do the work. You you are the one doing all the work. So that taught me an awful lot about about the stages that coffee goes through. You know, you can read it in a book, but actually seeing it and seeing it go through all these progressions yeah. is you hear the first crack, you yeah. get to the second, you smell the smell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you watch it go through the drying phase. You watch you you watch it turn to straw. You watch you watch all these these changes in the bean itself as it goes from green to dark brown if it's something that you're you think you might be uh interested in that i would recommend it as the way to go because you're because you're seeing every step of the way and you're going to burn some beans you're going to mess mm. you're going to mess them up but that's that's just part of mm. that's just part of the hobby 
Yeah, I, I personally would recommend the Air Popper. You would recommend the Whirly Pop or well, the Air Popper or both? Again, because that's that's what personal preference. What I did, and that's what no. that's what got the I guess the disease in my blood. You know, yeah, when yeah. I, I I loved it. It was just it was a really cool thing. Hmm. There's songs about the diseases. Um, yeah, so uh, if you want to have a little bit more of a how-to step-by-step process, there's gobs of videos and what have you. But I would recommend the Sweet Maria's Guide to Roasting pop with a popcorn popper. And we'll have a link to that in the show notes. They have a video. If that's the way you roll, you can see it sort of happen in real time. The guy gets everything together on his counter. He shows you what he uses with his air popper to do it and the measuring and what it should look like when it's roasting and the approximate ideal time to, to stop the thing and pour it out. Make sure you got the colander mm-hmm. re- ready. And yeah, so look at that. Yeah. Ken Davids has a really good book too. I, I just, just called home roasting. There's a, there's a subtitle to it, but we can put that in the show notes. But it's it's a really good book. It, it's kind of like the Bible of of home roasting. Hmm. Would you say he's like the Alton Brown of coffee? Yeah, I would I, hmm. I would say so. He's he's done all sorts of, and I know he's got a lot to do with Sweet Maria's. I don't think he's he's an owner of Sweet Maria's or anything, but I know he's 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 closely tied with what they do. So Sweet Maria's is a good place for information too online. And then Ken David's book is a hard copy uh, resource. A good coffee to use. table book. It is. Yeah, hmm. coffee table book about coffee roasting. Every coffee table in America needs a coffee book. Of course. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say thanks to our sponsor, Thrasher Coffee, our continual sponsor for supporting the podcast and the website. Thrasher Coffee is the fastest craft roaster from the South, offering a fresh cup of coffee. Their roasters source beans from the best farms around the world, taste test new beans every week, then mindfully prepare flavorful coffees with you in mind. When you order at thrashercoffee.com, yours is roasted to order and shipped within 24 hours. You will always have the tastiest specialty coffee experience with your brew ritual at the home, office, or secret fort. And when you set out to try craft roasts online, it can be really treacherous. There are so many roasters to choose from, and you don't know what to expect. Thrasher is looking to give you a consistent flavor profile from one roast to the next. And now they have six or so different varieties to choose from. They have the Heroes Blend. They got the Frontier, which is their espresso roast. Then they also got the Pioneer, which is a fabulous medium dark. And Buongiorno, their very own Italian dark roast, which I especially enjoy with dessert in the evening. So if you happen to be near your computer, shop at thrashercoffee.com. You have the option to purchase their new roasts uh, two ways. Buy the pound at your leisure or with a coffee subscription so that your coffee ships to you automatically once or twice a month. Each pound of beans is $25, shipping included. And Top Brew listeners get 25% off of their purchase with the coupon code TOPBREW at checkout. Thrasher Coffee roast responsibly harvested beans and supply premium, fresh, small-batch coffee experiences to discerning coffee drinkers at an affordable price. My thanks to Thrasher Coffee for supporting the Top Brew Podcast. All right, so another thing, there's actually a couple of things I have in mind to discuss on the show, but I think we're only going to get to one more today. And this is going to be a section about my first impressions of a new coffee maker. Does anyone want to take a wild guess as to what the new kind of coffee maker is that I got for Christmas? I'll, I'll take a guess. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. The man in the back. You. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Me? Me? Yeah. yeah. Mocha pot. You got it right. All right. All right. So the mocha pot, my sister got me a mocha pot for Christmas. I think she bought it probably last fall when she was on vacation in Chicago. Hmm. And my sister being the sweet person that she is, she got me a mocha pot because she knew that I like coffee and that I didn't have one uh, without really knowing anything about mocha pots. She saw it in a gift shop and she brought it home. 
So there are a variety of different kind of mocha pots out there. Uh, there is the original, you know, um, from a little bit of research that I found, there's like the standard y'all, the original is still around mm-hmm. and you can get that. And it's the quintessential mocha pot, but there are many other, you know, craft, uh, coffee, kitchenware companies that now make their own versions of the mocha pot. Just yeah. like, you know, anyone can like the only company that doesn't make, uh, doesn't have many alternative models of coffee makers is AeroPress. Like AeroPress is the only AeroPress. And I guess it's probably because of patents on the, on how it's made is my guess that the AeroPress is just that unique that you, you, if you want an AeroPress, you get the AeroPress and there's no, nothing else but the AeroPress. Yeah, that is true. It, it may still be under patent or, or, or something, but the Bialetti is, is kind of the, the go-to one when uh, people talk about Mocha Pot, that's the one they're, they're talking about. But really, they're all any even even off brand ones are essentially the just, same. Just be a knockoffs. I mean, they're they they, they, they have don't a slightly have slightly different body shape. Yeah, but they they all look look about the same. They're all made out of aluminum. Um, there's not there's not a ton well, of variety. I found there are some that are made of steel, but I don't know anything about the results you get from them. Okay, the the aluminum is much more common. Right. So we're drinking from the mocha pot today. Um, on my fourth or fifth brew. Okay. And this is the first time I've ever served Eric from the mocha pot. I've experimented myself with the mocha pot. All right. So, Eric, what'd you think? We, we, okay. We, first of all, profile of the cup. We made Liberty Blend. Yeah, mm-hmm. we made Liberty Blend coffee. And I used about 20, well, 18 to 20 grams of freshly ground beans. Okay. And they were on the fine side. They were sort of like in between fine and what you would say. Medium. Maybe, yeah. And and I've experimented with the fineness of the grind. I went to the ultra extreme with very fine grinds when I made my first brew a couple of weeks ago. Okay. And steadily I've been making it more and more coarse. Okay. Yeah. So I started with something like the water in the reservoir at the bottom was at 140 degrees today. And then we put the coffee grinds in, screw on the top of the mocha pot and set it on the stove and slowly brought it up to the pressurized steaming point, forcing the water up through the coffee grounds and into the top reservoir. Yeah. yeah so what do you think? Um, I, I have, I've tried all sorts of different, different coffees. I've tried all sorts of different grinds and I've tried all sorts of different brewing times and it doesn't really seem to, to taste radically different each time. To me, the, the coffee out of the mocha pot is, is excessively bitter but so it, it doesn't matter the beans. It doesn't matter the temperature. It doesn't matter oh, how. You yeah, fit. It, it does. I mean, it's some. It, I mean, the coffee itself tastes different, but it still has this front-loaded bitterness uh, that that is just is not that you don't get from the same coffee if you make it through a pour over or you make it through a French press or even an AeroPress. Mm. Um, it just it doesn't. There's some sort of. I don't know if it's over extracted or or whatever it is, but you get you get a certain bitterness even from a medium roast. It 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 introduces a, a bitterness where you would expect there to be more acidity, what you would call the nose, you know, like the first, you smell it. And then it's that first initial, initial taste. It's, it's what's, it's what's what hitting, hit, what's yeah. hitting your tongue. There's this, it's a kick in the taste buds. Yeah. And if, I mean, if you're, if you're a Starbucks fan, um, you're probably going to think it's fine, you know, because, because most of Starbucks coffee is, is over roasted and it's bitter. So you're going to, you're going to have that, that, that flavor profile in your, in your expectations. Um, so it's, it, it tastes remarkably uh, similar to, to something that you, mm. you could get from, from Starbucks. And so, so what you're, what you're saying is from your first impressions, it's not like you, this is an altogether unique kind of coffee 
that is especially tasty to you in your, in your personal tastes. It's not like you can't find coffee that tastes like this by other brewing methods. Right. I mean, it's, it's, just, it's just not for me. I think it's fun. I like brewing with them. Mm. One of the, mine's a little bit bigger than yours. I can get two cups of coffee out of mine, two. Um, yeah, my, mine would be really be just suitable for one person's single right. cup of coffee. Yeah, you get about half a cup of, yeah. of a regular mug out of yours. Um, well, so it, it is too. concentrated. It is strong. It is bold. Well, when we say it's concentrated, it's concentrated to our taste. Like we would expect to add a cup of water to this to turn it into an Americano yeah, well, yeah, by American yeah. standards of what a average cup of coffee tastes like. I guess we're talking about off mic about this. It's 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 not espresso. It's, a lot of people would say it's espresso. I think that's the first impression because espresso is made with steam pressurization. The, yeah, I mean you can call it a poor man's espresso, yeah. um, but it's it's not the no, same. No, the pressure result. Level. What, what you're actually tasting though is more in keeping with espresso. Like it just to, to taste the substance. Yeah, yeah. It's but it doesn't have the crema. Like espresso does. Yeah, right. The The premise behind it is it's basically a miniature percolator, except in the case of a, of a percolator, the coffee keeps recirculating um, with If you don't know what water. a percolator is, it's like a <laughs> turning your coffee. It's an urn. It's those well, things they have at churches and, and support well, groups. And, right, but believe it or not, there's always somebody who's never heard of an urn or a percolator, so I'm trying to describe it for them. You get the ros- water reservoir at the bottom, and then you, from heating that, the water rises up through a funnel to the top where it goes into coffee grounds. Yeah, it, it sprays out over the out top, and then it drips down in. Yeah. So the coffee and the, and the water are recirculating the whole time that it's brewing. It kind of looks like a, a volcano. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, you've got the, your extra heated stuff flowing out of the top right. of... Um, but with the mocha pot, once it goes up through the tube, it, it, never, it never touches the water. Which is a good the thing. Water. It, it, it stays in the top, yeah, which is a good thing, because it doesn't, it doesn't sit there and cook it for you know, however long it takes to, you know, 30 minutes or so for that whole two gallons or, or whatever a percolator makes. It doesn't take all that time and just keep continuously reheating and recirculating coffee and water mixture un- until it's, well, I guess it's right at this point, it's all coffee. It's um, nuclear coffee. It's yeah, recycled it's, it's coffee. It's super hot. And the mocha pot doesn't do that. The mocha pot, once the water comes up through the tube, it stays in the top and it doesn't, it, it doesn't, um, it doesn't reconnect with the, with the water down below, which, which definitely helps. I mean, it, it definitely makes, makes for a, a better tasting cup of coffee that way. But the brewing technique, the theory is, pretty similar all i know is is that if i go to local grocery stores they sell mocha pots like it's a thing even before you'll find french press or other coffee makers it might be a thing just like all the other things that we've all the other brewing methods that we've talked about it it's been around for a while it's not like it's a new expensive coffee maker it is it's well known um you know our one of the friends they're cool looking they're yeah they are they they look like old-fashioned kitchenware yeah uh, one of our friends who's written an article about his brewing ritual for the website, Michael Menkoff, he uses one, or he at least he did at the time, and he liked it because it was something his mother did or mm. his grandmother did, and she taught him how they do it, and he just picked it up, and it was the first way he would make coffee for himself. It's like an experience with all these coffee makers. Yeah. A lot of people get used to the experience of the brew ritual with a French press, and they'd like the process of making their coffee with a French press as much as they do the coffee they get from it. Yeah. And the same goes for the people who enjoy aeropresses and pour overs and mocha pots. Right. And every one of these provides a unique experience. It does. Each one, it takes about, you know, five to 10 minutes to accomplish in the morning and it becomes a part of your, your ritual, your morning ritual. So 
it's a unique experience that is more Italian in nature because I, from what I understand, this is very European and a lot of people have these overseas and, mm-hmm. and home and it's what they grew up with. It, it, it's sort of like here in the South, you know, we, we have traditional grandma's old fashioned cooking, you yeah. know, country fried chicken. You know, it'd be like that. Like we're going to value this, even if it's hard and fiddly to make. And maybe even if it's not the most ideal flavor profile, it's just unique in its own way. Yeah. So for instance, if you like espresso and you can't get a hold of espresso, but you do like espresso, the mocha pot would come as a close second. Yeah. Yeah. I think it would. It's somewhat similar to the AeroPress in taste, although I think the bitterness is, is, is far more present with the, with the mocha pot. What I've also noticed is that at the bottom of the cup, it has sediment like the French press does. Right, because the, the, there, is, there is no paper filter. Depending on, on, how, on how fine you grind, some of the, of the coffee grounds are, are going to get carried up through the top and they're going to be in the, uh, in the coffee reservoir, which isn't, you know, that's not a bad thing. Like the French press, it's a, it's a satisfying cup of coffee. You know, once you've had one cup of mocha pot coffee, you felt like you, you've had a, a satisfying cup of coffee. You know, it's, it's not like you have to have two or three before you're, you're satiated with your, with your coffee intake. It's a bold, full, rich cup of coffee. If you like the flavor, then give it a shot. And it also quickly stains a coffee mug too. Yeah, it I mean, does. It's almost pulpy if coffee could be pulpy because one part coffee, seven parts water for every ounce. Mm-hmm. That is, that's a high ratio. It is, yeah. And just a, I'm looking at my coffee mug. I'd wonder if it was permanently stained. <laughs> no, it's not permanently stained. <laughs> no, but it, it's like, you know, when you, you go into a grimy office kitchen yeah. and you see the coffee mugs in the sink yeah. and you know those things haven't been cleaned in like five months. That's why they're stained because they, they yeah. haven't, they, they haven't washed them out in, in a year and, and they're, but it's my the coffee, build up. Today's coffee mug from the mocha pot looks like it was stained it, it for like five that. months. Yeah. Only, should, I know it won't. It'll come right off. It should off. come right out. Uh, I do like the device. I'm not going to use it very often. It's not so awesome that I think it'll trump what I can get mm-hmm. from pour overs and French presses and AeroPress. And because it is such a concentrate, it doesn't provide me a huge experience with my cup of coffee. I like it to last a few more sips. Yeah. And so you're sitting at the desk, you take three swallows, it's gone. It's gone. What, what happened? Where's yeah. my coffee? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it was 20 grams of ground coffee beans. Right. And I got far less than I usually would. So on my third cup, I actually tried to dilute it like an Americano and I kept on fiddly adding a little bit more and more water until I got it to what made me happy. And okay. it works that way. But I don't, I think it's. I think the overall consistency of what I would get from that Americano-like drink with a mocha pot is not quite as exciting to me as what I get from an AeroPress. Okay. If you're bold and adventurous, if you really like bold coffee like the Europeans do, they prefer their dark roasts. I mean, the Italians do anyway. If you like Italian-style roasts, if you like French roasts, if you like, quote, bitter coffee, then you would probably love the flavor of this. Like you said, they are inexpensive. If you're a coffee geek, it's something nice to have in your cupboard for a change of pace every once in a while. So yeah, it's not it's not like it's a failure or anything, but it just doesn't have the the flavor profile that I'm looking for in the coffee that I make. Yeah. Our friend John Giuliano from the manualcoffeebrewing.com website blog, he's been a guest on the show. He wrote about the mocha pot recently. So we're going to have a link to that in the show notes. He has his own recommended brewing recipe for the mocha pot and i haven't written anything down i've only had four or five brews with mine myself so i'd recommend you check out his if you want to 
a savvy, experienced recommendation. And uh, yeah, I think that'll wrap it up for today's show. All right. Thank you very much, Eric. It's You're welcome. Be, it's great to be out of jury duty. <laughs> this this Thursday doesn't feel like Wednesday or Thursday. It's it, whatever. This this week is shattered. Now, are you on some do not call list for a certain amount of time? <sighs> I have no earthly idea. They okay. they got me on jury duty about a year ago, and then they asked me again back in I want to say it was uh, a November. You did this a year ago. Yeah, a year ago. I did it about a year ago, and then I was summoned back in November. Oh, wow. And then I spoke I think, to them. I and, think you got yourself on a call list, <laughs> not a do not call list. But this is the first time I actually got to be a part of a trial. So, Oh, well, that's what I was asking. So the last time you weren't selected? No. Okay. No, well, I haven't been selected until this week. Okay. So anyway, it's not that show. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us for episode 52 of Top Brew. Show notes with links are available. If uh, you want to get anything we discussed on this episode, go to topbrew.fm slash podcast slash 52. On Twitter, check us out. We're at topbrew. And I myself, I'm underscore Joe Darnell on Twitter. We'd be glad to discuss anything with you. If you have questions for the show, feel free to tweet those at us. And lastly, I want to give my thanks to our continual sponsor, Thrasher Coffee. Use the coupon code TOPBREW to get 25% off and enjoy. I'm Joe Darnell. Thanks again for listening to the Top Brew Podcast. Mm-hmm.